Welcome to another episode of Follow the Brand. I am your host, Grant McGaw, CEO of Five Star BDM, a five-star personal branding and business development company. I want to take you on a journey that takes another deep dive into the world of personal branding and business development using compelling personal stories, business conversations, and tips to improve your personal brand. By listening to the Follow the Brand podcast series, you will be able to differentiate yourself from the competition and allow you to build trust with prospective clients and employers. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Make it one that will set you apart, build trust, and reflect who you are. Developing your five-star personal brand is a great way to demonstrate your skills and knowledge. If you have any questions for me or my guests, please email me at grant.magaw, spelled M-C-G-A-U-G-H, at 5star BDM, B for brand, D for development, M for masters.com. Now let's begin with our next five-star episode on Follow the Brand. Hello, everyone. I am Brent McGall, CEO of Five Star BDM and host of the Follow Brand Podcast. In the vast cosmos of trailblazing voices, there are those that resonate louder, clearer, echoing the truth of life's profound journey. Today, from the hollowed halls of justice to the poignant pages of a story that reaches into the depths of the soul, we have a voice that's challenging norms, reshaping narrative, and lighting the path of purposeful existence. An award-winning attorney, a relentless advocate for mental health, a beacon for those lost in the whirlwinds of life's expectations and society's facade. Author of The Call You Can't Miss, a story of reflection, resilience, and revelation. A tale not just to be read, but to be felt, to be lived. Fasten your seatbelts, open your minds, and prepare your hearts. We're about to embark on a transformative journey with the incomparable Tracy McDuffie Jr. on the Follow Brand Podcast, where we are building a five-star brand that you can follow. All right, welcome to the next chapter of Inspirational Narratives, where we dwell deep into the journeys of trailblazers and thought leaders. Today, we have a guest whose story transcends the ordinary and touches the very core of purposeful living. An award-winning attorney, an advocate for mental health, and a beacon of hope for many, he's challenging us to all answer a call, a call that resonates with our deepest passions and the life we are destined to lead. Author of The Call You Can't Miss and a voice that's igniting change in the hearts of many. Here's a man who believes in navigating life's challenges with grace, conviction, and a roadmap to purpose. Brace yourself as we dive deep to the compelling world of Tracy L. McDuffie Jr. Tracy, you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I am. My name is Tracy Leon McDuffie Jr. I am the second and the thirds of McDuffie's. I have a little son who's who's the third. We call him Trey. I am an attorney, father, 
husband, many things uh, to to many people, uh, and maybe not so many things to some other people. But I'm just a, a regular guy who just you know have a passion for people and just helping people in any way that I can. Well, I tell you, we want to dwell a little deeper because you have discovered a deeper purpose of your life. You've written this book and you have put out a belief that you were created to leave, even though it might contrast with one's current life, but you found some insight. Help us understand your journey. Okay, so my personal journey for me to discover my purpose started about a year or so ago, a year and a half ago, but it really started before then, Grant, because for years I had been thinking, what is my purpose? I just knew that I was put on this earth to do something more. I just had not figured it out yet. And when I came to the point of actually discovering my purpose, what happens was I had to be intentional about it. And it's really a funny story. I was asked to teach at a men's moving with purpose event. And I was speaking to these dignitaries and these uh, leaders in the community about purpose. But I realized I hadn't discovered my purpose. So I was somewhat feeling like a fraud to speak to these men. But that was a great thing because it led me on this path to really be intentional about my purpose and not just, you know, settling for the life that I had to that point. So now for me, I'm, I'm a Christian. You know, my book does discuss ways for other people who may not share the same religious beliefs that I do to discover their purpose. But for me, it all started with a 40 day fast. I went on a 40 day fast to empty myself to really commit myself to God and figuring out why am I here? Because I want to serve you. I know you have me here for a reason and I don't want to live life and at the end have not fulfilled the purpose that you have called me for. So that with a lot of intentionality during that time, I started journaling and writing things which actually led to me writing the book. And you know, I was just intentional because to discover something, it means you have to be searching something. You find something that you're actually searching for. So intentionality was the way that I got to my purpose. Well, you were very intentional. 40 day fast is very uh, intense. And from what you shared with me, you you got a vision and you share that vision in your book and how to help others to find their purpose. Help us understand why, why did you feel compelled to write the book, and what do you feel the reader is really going to get out of, of this particular work that you've done? Okay, so I was compelled. Like I said, the book came from the fast, so I didn't start off with the intentions to actually write a book. I was just journaling because it was something I wanted to get into. And during my fast, I said, I'm going to journal every single day. What's going on? What I'm thinking, my feelings, my thoughts, what's happened that day? What have I discovered about myself or this journey on that day, which actually led to the book? But what really inspired me to want to write the book, especially to help others, was the fact that I knew I wasn't the only person going through this. So I figured if this was something that I could share with others, I owed it to get it out there to the world and to give it to other people 
who might be able to use it and hopefully enhance their lives. Because I feel that everyone's purpose is bigger than them. So if, if, if I'm the only one who benefits from this journey, that's somewhat selfish of me. So I didn't want to be the only one to benefit. And I want to touch as many people as I can with this journey and help as many people who are in the same position that I was in, because it's not a fun position to be in when you're feeling that you have more to give in life and you're not giving it and you don't know how to get there. This is interesting. And I'm, I'm going to go a little deeper because we're both two black men. And it's not always easy to share certain emotional experiences um, as men outside of ourselves. I mean, everybody has these feelings. You might have feelings, but you might not want to share those feelings. Or maybe you don't know how to put it together articulately to understand the feeling that that you what, what you're going through. So a lot of times you don't see outside counsel. You're not really talking to anybody or Perhaps you do, or perhaps you don't. You have put this together for yourself with some self-healing that is taking place. I want you to share and talk to our audience, specifically for Black males, when it comes to being vulnerable, sharing things within yourself that you feel that are important milestones because you are a better person now than you were then. You went through a transformation that has helped you to propel yourself moving forward. So how does that relate to one's life's purpose? So that's a great question. And you're right. Uh, As Black males, we can hold a lot of stuff in sometimes because it could be upbringing or society tells us that we have to be tough, macho, or these, these stereotypes. But before all that, we're human. God created us all with emotions and feelings, and he created us with those so we can express them. So the fact that we try to sometimes suppress them, it hurts us more. It kills us more. It kills us at a younger age because we don't have an outlet. I am a big proponent that everyone needs someone, especially as men, who you can talk to and be vulnerable with. If you are married, your spouse should be part of that. But as men, as black men, you need another man because your wife may love you. She may care for you, but your wife is not a man, has never been a man. So she cannot understand sometimes some of the pressures that we feel as men. So the interesting thing is I started on this journey and even I I ended up At first, I was doing it somewhat alone. And when I say that, I have an accountability partner, one of my best friends. And every Friday we talk. And he's a a religious person as well. He shares my same faith. So we pray together. We talk about things that upset us. We talk about things that hurt us. We talk about the good times, the bad times. We just share life. And he, I was communicating a lot of this stuff with him and a few of my other friends as well, who I have close contact with. But another stigma in the Black community also is seeking help with therapists. 
we just don't like to do it. We don't, don't like to seek counseling because, again, the stigma of that's weak or you have some mental issues. I had started on this journey and had the book almost written before my friend, my accountability partner, actually put me on to a business coach who was the perfect coach for me because he actually happened to be a licensed a licensed psychologist. So he not only helped me from a business standpoint, he gave me a lot of business advice, but he worked on Tracy and he took a lot of the things that were going on inside of me and helped me develop to a better person and see things a little differently than I saw them before. Um, so I hope that answers the question, Grant. I know I kind of got down the road there. No, no, no. This is, uh, home, but this yes. is where we want to go. We want to get to the real core and ask them because what I'm hearing you state is that you you ascended to a higher level by taking on this journey. And as you ascended to that level, you encountered people along the way, whether it was your your friend who you know helped you to to understand what it is that you're feeling. And then you reached out and got professional uh, help as somebody who is a, a licensed in that world that can even help you move that needle forward. And if you can just help us understand, because this is the thing, especially when you're a high achieving professional, like a lawyer, there's a lot of people are out there, they're a lawyer, they're an executive, they're a doctor, they can other things. And they, from the outside world, they appear to be very strong and they just don't have the same uh, uh, challenges as, as other people. People, so a lot of people don't ask them the same questions. Like you said earlier, we're human. So even though I'm very, very good in this particular area of my life, you got to look at this holistically, and we need to understand, you know, how you can be influenced. What are the narratives in your book that I want you to talk about now that you actually help this another individual? That's the purpose. You're helping another individual to break through. Can you elaborate on that just a little bit? Yes. So going back to the fact that we are all human, there's a lot of traits and characteristics that we share. Just because I'm a lawyer doesn't make me stronger or better than anyone else. It's just that I went to school and have a certain skill that is a great skill and it's respected by so many, but I'm normal, just like everyone else. I have family members who chose not to go the higher education route of college who some of them are living very fulfilled lives. Some of them are not for different reasons and choices. Now, for me, being an attorney, obviously I have a lot of contact with different attorneys. I have a lot of attorney friends. I also happen to have a lot of friends who are physicians, medical doctors. And one thing that is a reoccurring theme when I speak to them is the fact that a lot of them are unfulfilled in their current roles. And when I say a lot, it's, it's more than you would think. I know a few attorneys who own their own practice who said, hey, if I could do something else, I would. I know some doctors who say, when I got into the medical profession, it wasn't like this. I don't enjoy it anymore. It's changed. The stuff that the state or the boards are requiring is just ridiculous. I see patients all day, every day, and then I have to go home and I'm charting for hours and hours on end. So they, they're in this position. 
Here's the the tough thing that I can speak from high achieving professional standpoint, which is kind of the lane you, you drove this question down. Is we can often feel more stuck because we feel like we have more to lose by leaving our current profession. We went to college. We spent a lot of time. If you didn't grow up rich, that's a lot of debt. You've become accustomed now to a lifestyle that you don't just find these jobs on the street everywhere. You can't quit and usually go get a nine to five and make what you're making as a a doctor or a lawyer, usually. And you also feel the societal pressures of, like you say, other people. You're a doctor, man. You're a lawyer. What do you have to complain about? You know, you have this nice house, this nice car. You have a beautiful family. What do you have to complain about? But we spend. A lot of people, most people, even if you only work a 40 hour work week, you probably spend more time at work than you do doing anything else. Even if you only work five days a week, 40 hours a week, and you sleep seven days a week, and you probably are still spending more time working than you're spending sleeping. But even if you're spending more time sleeping, those are hours that you're not really awake in the super conscious level to, to worry about some things. So that means. Most of your life is spent doing something that you don't enjoy doing. That can be very difficult. That can be very difficult. So when you have that and you're going through life and let's just say if you're working 50, 60, 70 hours a week, that's not an existence that's conducive to mental health. But a lot of people are scared to get out of it because, like I said, either accustomed to the lifestyle or Sometimes, like in my situation, I have a family. I have a wife. I have four kids. So for me, they have to eat regardless of what I'm feeling like. So that's pressure as well. So they, they, a lot of times people want to do something else and they feel stuck. And especially when you sometimes a high achievement professional, you've created a certain lifestyle, it can be a lot more difficult than to just pick up and leave and, and do something else. And those are important facts of life uh, to understand. You always got to do some projection of what my life is going to be like as you go forward. And what you talked about, time management, how much time are you spending doing certain things? More. To sit there and think about, if I'm doing spending most of my life spending my valuable time on things I don't like to do, that is going to, over time, create some complexities in yourself. And over time, that's going to have you think about something. What do you say about that? This episode is brought to you by Five Star BDM. Five Star BDM is a professional consulting and advisory group keenly focused on business development services for small to mid-sized businesses and entrepreneurs. Although every business is unique, they often share challenges that can be addressed through smart branding. Services include process improvement and operations, digital strategy and transformation, business intelligence, digital marketing, and personal branding. Our five-star business and personal branding company has helped a number of professionals and organizations to optimize and grow. The result is more business, more opportunities, better reach, positive outcomes. Please visit www.5starbdm.com 
to learn more and view all the episodes of Follow the Brand. That's right. It, it is so it's so interesting that you say that because I do have this little section in my book where I talk about time management and it's really the time management myth, right? Because we can't manage time. If we could, everybody still be 25 years old, probably, right? You get to that point where you have a lot of knowledge, you're at the peak of health and everything. If you could manage time, you could just stop it ticking. You stay 25 forever. You wouldn't age and I wouldn't have these grades right here. If I, but you can't manage it because uh, time is going to keep ticking. So people always say, you know, you got to create time to do what you want to do and find the time. You can't create time because time was created before all of us. So you can't create something that existed before you. You can't find time because it's not lost. Time is ever present. So what do you do when you're stuck in these situations and you're you're in a position where you want something? It, It almost depends on how bad do you want it, because what you have to do is create opportunities within your schedule to make it happen if you want a change in life. Uh, for example, for me, when I was when I started writing my book, I started it probably last year and I started my fast in July. So probably around July, August, I started getting enough notes to say, hey, I'm going to put this stuff in a book. And me, I'm a huge college football fan. I love college football. Now, I went to Florida State. That's my number one team I cheer for. But I'm, I love college football. If it's a good game on, I'm for it. Now. I could not spend every Saturday watching football all day while I'm working 60 plus hours a week, trying to take care of my family, spend time with them and also write a book and discover my purpose. Some things have to get cut out. So you have to create opportunities. You have to see what's most important to me. What do I want? Where do I want to go? And something has to be sacrificed. The, the old saying, you have to pay the cost to be the boss. Something has to be sacrificed if you want to get there. So I feel of a lot more people, you probably have more time in your week than you realize to actually live your purpose. If you want to, you just have to sit down, assess your schedule, assess how you're how you're spending your time and then create those opportunities to do the things that you want to do to start moving toward your ultimate purpose. If you feel like you're not currently living your purpose. A hundred percent on that, especially if you're in a family unit or you're in a relationship, anybody that you in your household, you've got to be able to share that because it'll affect their time one way or the other, you know, backwards or forward. So you've got to have agreement. You've got to have alignment, you know, along all those lines uh, to make everything work out in, in, in the end. You, you talk about confidence. What? I want you to talk about your book. I think you wrote some things around that. Achieving confidence uh, is good. And one thing you talked about even earlier, a lot of people experience this. You know, they call it imposter syndrome. You don't feel like you you achieve that. You're not there. How did you get that confidence? And and talk to us from the aspect of what you've written about and what you feel if you got out of this and how you uh, attain a greater and become a more confident individual. Yes, yes. So confidence is is interesting because I feel like it's a circle. So confidence is the key to success. The more confident you are in something, the better you perform. 
However, success is also the key to confidence. So the more successful you are at something, the more confident you will become. So it's like a circle and it's like a chicken or egg thing. Which one comes first, right? But either way, and it probably depends on the situation and what situation you're thrust into, whether the success will bring to the confidence or the confidence I will bring it to the success. But to get both, the key is patience and perseverance. Because it's hard to start with both. I look at it and one thing, I'm not a hockey fan, right? But I admire what hockey players do, probably because I tried to go ice skating one time in New York around Christmas and it just did not go well for me. Um, but all professional hockey players, guys who get paid millions of dollars a year to skate around on these, these uh, thin blades at a high rate of speed, dodging defenders with a stick and a puck, trying to shoot through a goalie, um, all those people started off as babies, which means what? They didn't even know how to walk at one point, but they didn't stop. So they became successful walking. Then at some point, they had to get to the point where they started skating on these ice skates. I'm pretty sure it didn't go well the first time that they did that. However, they had to be patient and they had to persevere through those trying times to get to the point where they were successful. So when it comes to confidence, it's a loop of confidence and success and they both play one, one, one another. But when you're supposed, when you're operating in your purpose and you're created to do something at the highest level, you will be successful. You just have to have that attitude that I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to continue down this road, even though it might not look pretty at first or it might be bumpy. This is interesting. You know, and I, I like how you, you spoke from a state of experience. And experience is a great teacher. And as you hand down your legacy to your children and they look at these things like, wow, you know, my father wrote this book. You wrote this book about having a purposeful life. Did you feel, and I wanted to ask you this, when you were writing the book and now you've published the book and you're about to have you know, a book launch here, which is I congratulate you on, what was that one thing, maybe a couple of things that, that you did not expect in this journey that just kind of exploded and took on a life of its own? And you're like, wow, this, this is exciting for not only your audience, but for yourself. Oh, yes. No problem. Great. So I, I can I can think of, of two things that that happened. One thing that kind of took on a, a life of its own is I used to I played sports all up through high school and I even coached Pop Warner football or Little League football, depending on where you're watching from. They call it different things. Little League football uh, a, a while back in my early to mid 20s. And I love coaching. You don't get paid for coaching Little League football. And I coached at a place probably 30 minutes from where I stayed. So every day you get off work during the season, you're running over 30 minutes plus through traffic. And then you get home late um, coaching, just just coaching, because I just love being around the kids. I love coaching them, but not getting paid for it just because it's love. And that's one of the things about passion is 
when you love to do something, you will do it for free. Well, writing this book led me to think I'm coaching in some way, shape or form. My written words will help someone in their life. It will help develop someone. It will help maybe flip that switch for someone and put them in a position that they will, you know, go on to help others one day, which is great. When you when you pass a legacy to keep helping people, that's that's the ultimate purpose of life to me. So that's one thing. It got me into not that, but also um my goal is to next year start pursuing uh, a life coach certification so I can coach people um, and be certified. I coach people now because I just, just from the principles and a lot of things I learned, but you know, some people want to see something behind your name before they'll actually pay you to do it, which is fine. But uh, so, so that is, that is, that is part of it as well. Another thing is speaking opportunities. Uh, Grant, I, I, I just actually finished up a series at church and it was on my book last um, last month in September on, you know, just just speaking. So I was teaching Sunday school, just just teaching uh, about my book and some of the principles and everything. They got a free teaching session uh, for, for being members of my church. But a while ago. A lady came up to me at the church, she said, you are gifted at this, you are gifted at teaching. Now, I wasn't, I was never scared of public speaking, but I wasn't a big fan of it. I, I, I would prefer not to do it if I didn't. But writing this book led me or led to the road of, if I have this and I'm gifted to do it, or people say I'm gifted to do it, I need to start doing this. I need to start speaking to people and speaking life into people and pursuing this because Again, at the end of the day, it's all about helping other people. So those are two things that, you know, just blossomed from the book and me looking into doing more speaking events and, and things of that nature as well. Man, that, all those things are wonderful. You always gain some things as you go on a different experience, different level. You get outside your comfort zone. And by doing that, a lot of times, you gain valuable insights that you would have never gotten unless you got, you know, you know out of your familiar circle and, and moved in that direction. And now you're able to share those gifts with other people. That validation, as you said, you're in your church. This is part where you get a, a lot of your uh, in, insight and inspiration comes from, right? And you get somebody within right. you know, that own circle to validate what you're doing. And then he's like, wow. I can touch people. I am touching people and I have something to give and I need to get over some of those other fears that they may be. Maybe it's public speaking and maybe some other things for other people, but you get confidence from validation. You get confidence from being able to look within and then articulate, you know, that journey, that emotional, you know, barrier that you were having within and bringing that out. Now that clears the path. There you go. You cleared the path because you love football. I love football as well. All of a sudden, that lane opens up. You say daylight, you're taking it to the house. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, I think you've done that. I want you to share with us, as you think about your book, share with us. Just, you know, tell everything. 
But share with us, what is your favorite, what is your favorite chapter in the book that you gravitate to? You know, I I have not thought about that, but maybe this conversation has led me to it. Now, I, I, I don't know if I want to say this is my favorite, but it's definitely one of my favorites. And it's the one that I think will bless people the most. And it's chapter three. And chapter three is called your inner circle. And I'll give you a brief on it. So in your inner circle, of course, taking a sports theme, you have fans, cheerleaders, teammates, and coaches. Okay. So fans are not part of your inner circle. Fans are people who cheer for you while you're playing for their team. And I use an example in the book, like LeBron James, when he first left Cleveland the first time, even though he gave everything he had to that city and franchise, people burned his jerseys. Why? They weren't fans of LeBron. They were fans of the team. Fans will be there as long as you're giving them a benefit. Once you no longer give them a benefit, they're gone. So fans are not part of your inner circle. So I, I made that distinction to let people know, don't confuse fans with being part of your inner circle. Let them cheer from the crowd where they're from, but let them stay up there where they are. Now, your cheerleaders, they are part of the inner circle. Those are people who are going to cheer you on. You know, cheerleaders, when you think about it, um, especially being in, in a game atmosphere, they are not just cheering for you. They're actually pumping up the crowd. They're getting other people to cheer for you. So your cheerleaders, if they can't help you, they're going to get other people to help you as well. Then you also have your teammates. Those are the people on the team. Using a football analogy, we know everyone knows no matter what they may say, the most important person on a football team is always the quarterback. That's the one position where Leadership is just part of the job. Different teams, different dynamics. A middle linebacker can be a captain or, you know, a safety can be a captain or a leader. But on every team, a quarterback is expected to be a leader. So everyone is the quarterback of their own team. When you are the quarterback of your own team, you are the one responsible for making sure everyone is knowing what they're supposed to do and making sure that they are doing what they're supposed to do. You can't have people on there who want the glory of the quarterback because they're the quarterback of their own team. Everyone gets to be a quarterback for your team. You're the quarterback. So you have to make sure everything's operating in the right capacity. I might be the quarterback of my team. I might be an offensive lineman on someone else's team. Right. Just as important. Every quarterback will tell you their offensive line make everything go. So that and then you have your coaches. You have the people who have been there, seen it and can do it. Uh, or have, have done it before to some level, or at least have enough knowledge to get you to the right spot. So those are your mentors. Those are the people who you look to for, for guidance, people who, you know, you don't know what to do, but the people who can guide you to it. And, and I use the football example again of, you know, coordinators. A lot of times in football, the offensive or defensive coordinator might be up in the, in the coach's box because they can see the whole field. Right. The coaches down on the field can't see the whole field. I mean, you can see bits and pieces, but you can't see what everyone's doing. But the offensive and defensive coordinator, that's why when the quarterback 
gets off the field, especially after they've thrown an interception or something after each drive, they get on the phone with the offensive coordinator, people upstairs, because they can see what all 22 players on the field are doing at one time so they can they can give the best feedback. So the inner circle is probably, is if it's not my favorite chapter, one of my favorite chapters, because it tells you how important it is to have the right people around you and in your circle and how to put everyone in the category that they need to be in to make you successful. And the fact that these people are critical, no one is a self-made anything, no matter how many people say, if you're successful, you've had the help of someone else who will get you to get you there. 100%. 100%. Great analogy. Man, I want to get that book. Now tell us again the title of the book. The Call You Can't Miss. The Call You Can't Miss. Where is that available? It's available on uh, Barnes and Noble. It's available on uh, Amazon as well. And you're starting to do book signings now, right? I am. Yes. So I have one scheduled right now for October 22nd. I will have one at uh, my local church congregation. We're going to get you some more. Uh, I want to see you do a, a city tour on, on what you're doing and how you're doing it. I mean, obviously, there's a, lots of different churches you can do this at and lots of different Barnes and Noble. I want people, I'm sure it's available on Amazon as well. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. So how does your family feel about this book? They're thrilled. You know, uh, my my mom, you know, she she she's super she's super happy. Uh, she, you know, thinks that she has the greatest son in the row, which I love her for that. Uh, she She's just one of my biggest fans, one of my biggest cheerleaders. Right. As I was just saying. So she's happy. My wife is happy. She's she's amazing. And I have a wife who's just she's great with making stuff go, making the family work while I'm out doing this stuff and also helping me with this stuff with promotion and other things. She, she is, she is phenomenal. My kids, you know, I'm just daddy to them. They don't care. It's not a big deal to them, but you know, a lot of my family close friends, they are really supporting me and it's great to to feel the love from friends, family, and, and, and those who are closer, closer to me. Are you, you're still in the Tallahassee area? No, actually, I'm in the Central Florida area, so I'm in the Orlando, uh, just south of Orlando in Davenport, Florida. I'm familiar with it. The reason I bring that up, because, you know, I'm a football fan as well, and Florida State is doing pretty good right now. You know, the Seminole Seminole Nation is is riding high, so I'm sure that you're you're still tuning in to, to what's happening and seeing the landscape of how you can move forward and the ups and downs of the game. That's what I always loved about football. Once you, you think sometimes they're counting out and they come back and they win, and sometimes you think they're going to win, no problem, all of a sudden they lose the game, or it's just a battle throughout, 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 throughout the, the entire contest. And then you got to look at from a seasonal standpoint. I love how you put all these things together. And I think you came off the field at a time and you said, what am I doing? I need to change the game. My game plan has got me to this point, but I need to get into the red zone. And if, and, I, and you went to your inner circle. Am I right? Yeah. Right, right. That's a great analogy. That is a great analogy, Grant. Came off the field, was throwing too many interceptions, and, you know, when I said, okay, something something has to change. I need to figure this out because I don't want to lose the game. 
No, you don't want to lose the game. I encourage everyone to listen. My entire audience, take a look at where you're at in your game. If you don't have goals, you don't know what a goal pulse is, you don't even have, know how to get the ball, you are the quarterback of your own life. And you've got to look at the, assess the team around you. And is it a game of confusion or is it a game of symmetry? You're always going to have challenges. You're always going to have some kind of resistance no matter what you're doing. But the goal has got to be greater than the challenge that you're facing. So you've yeah. got to put that in front of you. And before I let you go, before I let you go, there's anything you'd like to share with the audience that we haven't touched on, you think is very important as they go through this journey, and we're definitely going to encourage them to get your book and read through it, what would you like to leave us with? Well, we have touched on it, but I, I want to say it again just to emphasize it because I think it's so critical, Grant, is make sure you are surrounding yourself with the right people. It is critical. You, We all need support just because you're on the purpose, on a journey for your purpose, even once you discover it, it's going to be tough. That doesn't mean that it comes easy or that the you know environment is just going to fold and, and yield to you to live your purpose, whatever that may be. But just make sure that you are surrounding yourself with people and make sure you're getting help. Sometimes we, we people can have the tendency to do things by themselves, and all you're doing is stressing yourself out. You're and you're sometimes operating outside of your purpose because, for example, me, I'm not good with social media. I haven't been on social media. I just started once I wrote this book because I know that's the way to promote it. My wife runs my social media because she's better at it. She's been doing it since social media was out. So just make sure you have a team. Make sure you have people to support you because you will need it on your journey because even though you were created to do it, does not mean it's going to come easy and there will be challenges. So that, that would be the, the best piece of advice I could give anyone to, to get a team. If you don't know, reach out to someone for help. Well, I guarantee I will be reaching out. I want to encourage the audience to reach out for your book. Tell us how to get your book again and how to reach you, whether it's via email or social media or the best way. Okay, so... The book available on Barnes and Noble, available also on Amazon. Also, my name, TracyMcDuffie.com. That's my website. You can go there and order the book as well. Uh, Facebook, just Tracy L. McDuffie Jr., I think is my name there on Facebook. Um, on Instagram, my wife is running that. So probably just Google Tracy McDuffie or maybe answer your call answer your call because that's a that's the business I set up with uh, of course with the book title being the call you can't miss so yeah but tracymcduffie.com is the best way because it should link to everything else you need to get in contact with me well this has been wonderful I encourage you all the way you're going to score big on this you know I, I already said you're going to score big on this because you are talking to people you're giving a voice to the voiceless there's a lot of people that build this way, especially in different areas. People are just like yourself, and they need to hear these things so they can take that next step forward. So you don't have to keep recreating these same cycles, and they can really understand the goalposts and, and chart the path to winning the game. 
I think that that is so, so important. I want to encourage your entire audience to listen to all the episodes on Follow Brand. Follow Brand Podcast is available on Five Star BDM. And that is B for Brand, B for Development, and for Masters.com as well. Don't forget to see Tracy on TV. He will be featured on Wednesday and also on Friday. That's going to be the second week of October. So look to, to, to continue to have our conversations. And thank you so much for being a guest on the Follow Brand Podcast and TV series. Thanks, Grant. Appreciate it. God bless. God bless.